Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to this first Earth Sky Woman podcast. And I'm so excited for all of you who have arrived and for all of you who have been reaching out to me and saying that this is exactly what you've been waiting for. And as is always the case with these, um, these offerings, lately it feels like there's so much tension and energy building up to the event. But then once we get there, and this is probably true for many of you, um, we realize that um, it, it is in us giving our gifts, giving our offerings, that we are really finding grounding in these times. So um, the purpose for this Earth Sky Woman podcast, the what has really helped me to dream into this is the recognition that I've been having over the last year or so that each of us as women, and I will say first of all that that this this group, the Earth Sky group largely, is for women, men, children, um, those who are define themselves beyond binary gender. The whole group and the offerings like the summit are going to be for everyone. And this podcast as well is for everyone. And at the same time, it is honoring the reality that um, recognizing this this pulse, recognizing that it is so essential for humans and female bodies and for humans who connect deeply to the feminine to be um, coming into leadership, into feminine leadership now. And so I'm very aware that primarily my audience for this and the Earth Sky Women School are going to be primarily women. And yet my larger intent is to honor and to support us in becoming stronger so that we can truly um, offer our gifts in the world to benefit all beings, to benefit all humans. And so my feeling, as is, and this is true for many of us, is that women specifically are to rise up into more leadership roles, um, as well as men who are really honoring the feminine. And with that, um, I just want to create a space where we as women, some trends I've been seeing uh, is that many of us are kind of split, and this isn't just women, this is all of us, are split into uh, what I would say, what I've been seeing as being our sky selves and our earth selves. And so I'll give an example of this um, for myself. I have over the last number of years become very deeply immersed in more of a priestess kind of culture that connects to the goddess, that connects to um, deity, for example. I have fallen deeply in love with Ixchel, with Sekhmet, with Inanna, with some of these other feminine deities, and also awoken to the priestess within me. My sense is that over the last number of years, part of what my purpose here is, is to help to awaken the priestesses and to help them gather so that they can come into their full power and strength. And so as I've come to do that, I've also come to recognize that perhaps historically and even currently, the whole, the kind of goddess priestess culture is, um, offers so much to the whole of humanity. And I see that as the way that we're here as, as women and as men to remember our feminine gifts and tools, our priestess, you could say tools, which are intuition, dreaming, working with astrology, working with energy medicine, working with these kind of metaphysical principles of magic that are so essential. That's part about how I see the priestess connection. Um, 
And at the same time, part of what I've seen with the energy around that is that it can feel sometimes exclusive. It can feel sometimes separating from the parts of us and the parts of our world that might feel more earthy. So I almost think of the priestess, and this is, I, I realize, a vast generalization, and I realize that it is not true for many incredible women who are working with the priestess mysteries who integrate all of it. That's the deeper intent. But I think for many of us, who are con we can be more like sky women, more connected to the mind, more connected to the spirit, more connected to um, metaphysical or spiritual, astrological kinds of understandings. And we really want to live kind of up and out. And we're in that realm of, of spirit a lot. And this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. We need to honor the, the life of the mind. We need to honor the, the spirit that we are and this desire to, to rise up and to become more and to honor what is, um, what is sacred about the feminine. And at the same time, I think we are needing in this moment to be inclusive of the earth aspect of ourselves. And what I see with this is often the womb healing work that we're needing to do and also the work around um, actively being a part of regenerating the earth around us. Also a way that we need to often or we're wanting to often um, recognize that there are many in our community and there are many um, there are many aspects of what's happening in the world around us that are needing to be tended to that perhaps those of our sisters who are closer to the ground are tending to and they actually need us as well. So it's kind of like sky women. Those of us are sky women. We're needing to learn to ground ourselves and offer ourselves to the larger whole. Those of us who are more earth women, and again, we've got all of it. We all have all of it. So this is not to be separative. But those of us who have been focusing more on the earthy aspect of life, maybe we've been raising children, maybe we've been really immersed in the larger culture because that's where we're needed and, and we don't have the option of kind of being able to, or maybe not until now, focus more on cultivating ourselves spiritually in certain ways. Um, and so my sense with Earth Sky Woman is to support women who are more engaged in the sky mysteries and bringing it down to earth and connecting with the earth where you live and connecting with things like plant medicine, um, connecting with regenerative agriculture, connecting with other ways that we can more practically um, bring our skills down and into 3D reality. And also to sp support earth women, those who are out there, maybe world changers who are affecting policy in the world or a single mama who has just beginning to gather these tools and beginning to really activate her inner priestess Maybe you are someone who is really immersed in um, affecting, you know, doing work on the ground as a permaculture designer or something like that, uh, an activist on the front lines. Whatever it is, if you're in the earth space, what I'm wanting my programs in this podcast to do for you is to help you to, to tap into tools of active dreaming, which is like it's a shamanic dreaming practice that will help you to use your to tap into the wisdom of your dreaming in order to help you become more effective and more soulful and sourced in the work in the outer world that you're doing. And also um, that it can support you. I can support you with the astrology and the sky magic that can also bring more aliveness to the work that you do. So my intent is to help 
the, the help women and help anyone who's listening to connect more to the earth and the sky within you. And also with this podcast, it will be to, um, I will be offering literally monthly astrology forecasts in depth, which is what I'm going to do here in a second, except it's going to be more of a full year forecast. And then also I'm going to be um, offering a, um, that's also going to be weekly. And then I'm going to be interviewing people, women and men, who are bringing in very visible, tangible, practical, um, as well as um, healing tools to support us in co-creating the next, the next thing, this world we want to create, where, where we're in this great pause, we're in this moment where we're really asking, what is it that we want to create in the void of, of where we find ourselves now, that my aim, my goal, is to bring in very vivid examples so we can seed our minds with the other possibilities in very vivid, tangible ways. So I'll be doing podcasts, for example, with my friend Albert Bates, who will talk about biochar and how that fits into the big picture and how to, how to actively use that in our own communities and homes. I'll talk to Diana Leaf Christian about her years of experience with intentional communities and the ways that she is, you know, she ha can give people perspectives on how to create community in our own neighborhoods. Um, so these are just a couple of the people um, that I'm, I will be bringing on. But the intent is really to connect to the sky mysteries, the larger picture, and the magic that we can use to really shift and change our world, while also navigating and honoring and acknowledging exactly where we're at in 3D reality as the basis for that. Now speak into the astrology of the remainder of 2020. So first, in beginning that conversation, I want to honor that, from my perspective, ground zero for the massive changes that are now happening and are needing to happen um, over the next 10 years, which I think this next 10 years are actually the larger window within which we're going to need to see all this active shifting and changing. I see ground zero for that to be Turtle Island, which is to say, um, the Americas from Canada um, all the way down to Tierra del Fuego and with the center point really being the heart of the U.S. actually. And the reason I say that is because of two massive eclipses that cut across the center of Turtle Island through um, the middle of the U.S. Um, on August 17th, 2017, August 22nd, 2017, and a second eclipse that's going to be occurring in 2024 that kind of cuts sideways through um, through the U.S. and kind of creates, creates an X. Uh, for that reason and also because with the current big transits of Pluto and Saturn, those are also activating, and Jupiter, those are also very clearly activating the chart of the U.S. The other reason for that is because of all the prophecies of indigenous peoples across Turtle Island saying that this is the time, we're in that moment now where the eagle and the condor come together. We're in that moment now where white buffalo calf woman reemerges. We are in, into, into this world and in the world that she's speaking to, this time of great peril and great opportunity that um, Chief Arvo Looking Horse speaks to. We live in a time of miracle and prophecy. And this is ground zero here in the US and here in Turtle Island. So that's one thing I wanna say. The other is that I'm gonna be speaking into 2020 but I want to speak into the larger timeline that I see us operating within right now. And that larger timeline is 
is actually to understand 2020, you know, we've been leading up to this for a while, 2018, 2019 were years where we were in some ways really preparing. I mean, honestly, it's been since 2007, 2008, when Pluto moved into Capricorn, that we've been doing this bigger preparation for this time we're in right now in 2020, this big activation point that we're right in the midst of. So Pluto moved into Capricorn, and just to give a bigger timeline, 2008, Pluto moved into Capricorn. Over the next series of years until 2015, really, um, Pluto was square Uranus and then created a T-square with, um, with Jupiter. And um, so, I'm sorry, with Saturn. And so those, those activations, there were seven drum beats of Pluto Uranus, exact squares. And that was also a deepening of this larger shift, this larger pattern. Those were in cardinal signs where we began to see that the massive superpowers that are currently creating this context of empire, uh, and that includes the US and the UK as kind of power points, that these, these um, entities, these nations are especially activated with the housing bubble crisis, um, and then over the last number of years, we've seen these big shifts and changes. So in the US and the UK, as power centers for this modern culture we find ourselves in, that we are the ones that are really being, um, that there is a big dismantling happening now. And this is important because we are, here in the US especially, we are the drivers of culture across the globe. We don't realize how powerful we are. We don't realize how impactful we are. We continue to be. Um, however, we are in this moment, each one of us in these areas, as we wake up, as we bring ourselves fully into the world where we find ourselves, um, as we bring our gifts fully in, as we offer our contribution, as we find the deeper purpose that we've come here for, we are having an enormous impact in the world around us, both energetically and practically. So again, my sense is that, okay, so the Pluto activation began then. Pluto will move out of Capricorn in about 2030, right around that time. And so that whole span of time is a profound dismantling of the cultural frameworks, the modern societal um, paradigm that we've been in the middle of. Easy to say those words. We can feel now how, we can feel how big, how massive that actually is right now as we tune into it, as we see ourselves really in the midst of it. So we've been preparing. We've all been kind of preparing energetically, emotionally, physically, psychologically um, for this time that we find ourselves in now. So there was the Pluto moving into Capricorn and then the big activation of the cardinal of the, of the cardinal square, the, the T-square and of the Pluto Uranus. And then now we have the next movement of that, the biggest movement of that has been Saturn moving into Capricorn and now activating Pluto earlier this year. And that, you know, this transit is one where we're going to be feeling the effect of that for a while, but certainly through all of 2020. And if any of you tuned into any astrology at all leading up to 2020, you knew that it was very clear from the astrology and you didn't have to be an astrologer to know this. We all kind of felt it. We knew 2020 was going to be a really big year, but astrologers have been saying this for a very long time. So right here we are in the heart of this deep dismantling. What I've often said is a time where um, 
we are at one moment learning to hospice this culture that we were born into. We're needing to actually drop into whatever tools and awareness are needed to do the grieving of what it is that is needing to die in this culture, this current modern culture, and to support each other in these moments of kind of shock or all of the stages of grief, because there is a death that is happening. It's a, it's a death of, of the, the larger modern culture that we've been born into. Um, and it's also the, for us to be midwives of a new earth consciousness. It is for us to be seed people as Dane Rujar, a very influential astrologer um, of the 60s had, and 50s had brought in um, that we are seed people and we have been and we continue to plant the seeds for the next seven generations to create this world. And I'll be really honest, the truth is, is that for many of us, we may not see the full flourishing of what, what we're wanting to create in our lifetime. But these next 10 years are the big, um, the big period of powerful transformation and change where we are most needed to shine our lights and to use all of the tools we've been gathering. And we're really, you know, we're really seeing what's happening around us now. It's really go time and we see, feel, and know that. So, you know, this is the big, we're in the heart of it now. We're in the heart of it now that Saturn met up with Pluto in this big cultural um, transformation, the paradigm shift. And again, my sense is that the next octaves, you know, we're going to be in this for a while in terms of what we're dealing with with the pandemic. Um, of course, I want to offer that in my training, my teachers would be very clear to say I shouldn't have even said that I would give a forecast um, because their sense is that, and, and I agree with this, the future is not a static thing. This is one of the things we must come to recognize. The future is not static. What astrology, what good astrology does is much like what a powerful dream will do for us. What I've been trained in my dream work to understand is that our dream bodies are continually scouting the future to see what the possible energy, what the possible future scenario will be. Because based on the energy of the moment and the momentum of the moment, there are likely outcomes for what we'll experience in the future. So our dream self is often traveling ahead and saying, well, I think this conflict is going to happen, for example, with my mother, and you might have a vivid dream about that, if the energy that's at play now, if the trends, if my patterns remain the same, this is the negative outcome that will happen. That dream, if we learn to work with it productively, can give us the tools to understand how to effectively create a new outcome if that's possible. And my sense is that often it is possible. And so the dream is giving me a warning. The dream is giving me the temperature in the room is telling me this is what's going to happen if you don't shift anything. And so when I have that dream, then I can call my mom, I can do a deep reflection on what, you know, has been going on that might lead to that, for example. And um, just even having the dream and engaging with it and becoming conscious of the energies that are at play can even help us to shift the outcome. So I see good astrology as doing the same thing. We can look at what's happening astrologically with this, the cycles and the transits. We can look at what's happened historically with those cycles and transits. 
And we can have a really clear sense right now that what's happening is massive um, dismantling of the old culture, the old story, and it's happening much more rapidly. And the reason for that is that it must, it must occur more, more rapidly if we as a human species are to remain um, present on this, on this beautiful earth, on Gaia. Um, and so, so it's for us to recognize <clears throat> that this, this is, the moment is now that we choose personally and collectively to shift, to change, to really drop deep into looking around and recognizing what it is that our larger modern culture has been doing to the earth. And that's always my first, this is where I first go to, and I think many of us are the same, where we look at what we've, what our modern culture has done as an extractive culture to violate and diminish the earth, uh, the body of the earth all across this planet. Our entire culture is geared towards extraction and violation and um, the raping of our mother. And to really drop into the recognition of that and to see how that shows up around us is actually essential to, essential to grieve that. And to also see the ways that we've been doing the same to our human family, to our human body. We're all one body as humanity, as a species. We might not want to really recognize that sometimes, but we really are. If this virus has shown us anything, it is how profoundly interconnected we are. And there's no getting away from that now. We are profoundly interconnected. And if you subscribe to the idea that there's a chosen few who are going to be just the right vibration or just the right religion or spirituality or eat correctly or think correctly or whatever that are going to just, you know, transcend out of everything. I just, um, my sense is that that's not what this is truly about. My sense is that this is more about opening our hearts to be inclusive around what's happening and recognizing in this human body, there's nothing that's not me. There's nothing that is, nothing that is human that is foreign to me. And the same goes for the earth, that our bodies, our consciousness, our earth, we are earth. We chose in spirit to be embodied into these beautiful vessels, these temples of the feminine body. And with that, we have made a kind of contract to be a part of the intelligence and the consciousness of Mother Earth, to be an extension of her intelligence. And this is where I want to say to that with the Earth Sky Woman podcasts and offerings and community, my deeper and deepest desire, which is the deepest desire of my soul in this lifetime, is to support human beings in remembering how sacred we actually are, in recognizing we are not an aberration. There are so many ways that I feel that those of us who really actively and consciously care about the earth can go into a place of, of deep despair, whether it's conscious or not, I think this is the root of a lot of our depression, to feel as if we are an aberration as a species. And that it's just how we're made to cause harm. It's just how we're made to be greedy and, and to be distorted. And my feeling is that that is not the truth. We have actually been fed 
um, a lot of distortion that would cause us to believe that this idea of original sin goes really deep, that there's something fundamentally broken and wrong about who we are as a species. And I, I think that's a spell that's been cast on us that we need to shake off and recognize our inherent goodness as a species, recognize our inherent part in the rest of the creation. And, you know, there are some indigenous people who would say we are the chosen ones. We as a, as a species, not that we're better than, we're separate from others, but that it's actually for us to be the ones who care for this, what I would say is a garden of Eden or this amazing jewel of a planet that this is actually our function and our role to, to love it, to bless it, to remember our part as, as part of the family, and that the family of life would miss us, would actually miss us if we were to completely disappear, which we could. And at the present moment, we've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten our place in the family of things. My perspective also is that as human beings, we have the capacity, as, as Paul Shepard would have said, each human being has the capacity to tune into any aspect of Earth intelligence, any extant species, and perhaps even those that have disappeared in the past. We can connect to the intelligence of a plant, of a tree, of any other being, and we can actually channel the wisdom and the energy and the intelligence of those beings through our bodies, through our songs, through our words, through our voices, that we can actually activate all those things. We're kind of, we are in our bodies, an actual temple of the earth, of Gaia, when we wake up to it. And we, in our, each of our unique ways, can access and are here to access earth intelligence. And my sense is that this is the time we live in. And today is Earth Day. There's a reason I chose today. Today, the new moon is in Taurus. Today is also, we're approaching Beltane. And so this is a time where, and also um, within the next couple of days, the sun is going to be with Uranus. By tomorrow, the moon will be Uran with Uranus. And right now that's one of the big astrological factors is Uranus in Taurus. Uranus in Taurus is the energy that is helping us wake up. Uranus helps us to wake up to something as a collective. Uranus is helping us to wake up to what I sometimes refer to as the eco-sapien, or that help us wake up to that indigenous ancestor who lives inside of us, who remembers that we are, remembers to be in an intimate, alive conversation and relationship with the earth around us. And that's what we're being invited to do today, tomorrow, for the coming years, Uranus is gonna remain in Taurus until I believe 2025, I could be wrong, it's right around there. And so it's about many things, but one of the things it's about is helping us to wake up to our true place in the family of life here on Gaia. My sense is that when we say we're only using a tiny fraction of our potential, the reason we're using only a fraction of our potential is because we've forgotten it's not just about human beings. When we limit ourselves and our conversation and our reality to only that of humans, and we forget we're part of a much larger family here on the earth, we become lonely, we become fragmented, we become desolate. 
we become cut off from the deeper layers of potential that we each carry. And so my prayer, my desire is to support also with Earth Sky Women and activating in each human that remembrance of our original understanding of our connection to all life. And whether we are native or non-native, to open within us that remembrance of how it is that we find the songs that the earth wants to hear, how it is that we create new languages that are resonant with the spirits of the land where we live, how it is that we come into harmony and peacekeeping with the original peoples that lived on the land that where we live. How is it that we honor and come back into a communication and a conversation with the plants and the trees and the land where we live, where we see them, we feel them as allies, and they feel us and see us as allies, as reciprocal partners? How is it that we begin again to open to the language of the sky, the original alphabet, the original prayer in the sky that the zodiac was? How is it that we begin to remember to listen deep and hear the language of that within our bodies? Not only in our minds, we connect it to our hearts and our bodies as well. And this is already happening. So how is it that we awaken this within us? And to me, that feels like the biggest question. To me, it feels like what's happening with COVID. My sense is that this virus is indeed Gaia and the earth showing us and revealing to us where everything has come out of balance. So I, I think that that's true. I also feel very much that COVID is in some sense an answer to our prayers. When I say that, I, I mean that I know for many years, many of us have been praying for a massive shift in culture, knowing that if this doesn't happen, that we will in fact extinguish ourselves as a species and many other more species with us. And so those prayers, from my perspective, could not have been answered in any more elegant way as difficult as this virus is, it could have been more warfare. It could have been so many other things. And this isn't to diminish the control and the fear that we see so amplified in the world around us right now. However, I can think of no better way to put us on this great pause so that we are really forced to reflect. We're really forced this year to stop and consider how it is that we can move forward. And this really is a year to reconsider. This is a year where even though in the early part of the year we've had all planets moving um, uh, forward at once, this is a time where over much of the, the rest of the year we're gonna have a lot of massive retrogrades. We're gonna have Venus retrograde here from I think May 13th until um, until July, I believe, or late June, actually. And so we're going to have Venus retrograde then. We're going to have Mars retrograde in the fall. And then, of course, we have all these Mercury is in there retrograding as well, and many of the outer planets that are going to be retrograde through much of the rest of the year, beginning with Pluto this Saturday. It's beginning to station retrograde, um, and then many others over the course of the month. And so when any planet goes retrograde, we know that it's a time for us to slow down, and to reflect and to really take a pause to consider how our lives are working, our personal our, and our collective lives are working and where it is that we need to make adjustments. 
So this great pause is really, it's, it's not that it's gonna be slowing down much in the next number of months. This is something we're gonna be experiencing now for a while. So, so I wanted again to begin by saying, to paint the larger picture. You know, this has really been deepening ever since 2008 and it will continue through 2030, really. The, the greatest um, levels of, of shifting and changing in the power centers of empire, for, better, for, for lack of a better way to say that. And that we're really at the heart right now of that deep change and we're be, being given the space to say, what is it we need to shift and change? And this is um, needing to shift and change at the deepest layers of our being. So I'm gonna ask each one of you as you listen, I'm gonna invite you to consider what it is, you know, I think we've, it's been a little over a month now for many of us, it's, it's been longer for some, many, a little over a month now for many of us since we really started to feel the effects of COVID. Since we really started to begin to get this message um, and to have it affect us in very real ways. And so I think what's been happening for many of us is that we've had, again, we've been dropping into a descent, into a kind of a grief process. It looks different for every one of us, but we were all deeply entrenched in modern culture and very much dependent on the systems of our modern culture for our physical survival. And so there's been something over the last month where many of us have had moments of profound recognition um, where, and I would say, you know, for each of you, look in your hearts and feel into what were those moments where you just felt this massive halt, this drop, and it might have been accompanied by fear, it might have been accompanied by dread, it might have been accompanied by a feeling of this is it. And I want to just honor and acknowledge that with that fear, there is ancestral fear. There is the epigenetics of our many ancestors who have experienced massive trauma. There's, there's that which we is coming to the surface for healing and clearing for us. There is also the recognition that there is the apocalyptic kind of perspective and worldview where we've been entrained into the belief that everything is going to fall apart tomorrow. And that really puts us into to fight or flight. So there are those two dimensions to the fear and the overwhelm, which are part of the big story and that are part of what we're needing to acknowledge. There's also, I think, but well, obviously there's also the recognition many of us are coming to, if we hadn't already, that there's the fear that is actively promoted and fed and nourished and tended by the media by social media, by our, um, the media conglomerates, that, that really we have to ask, what is their main interest? Is it to help us liberate ourselves? Is it to help us protect ourselves? And of course there are good people and there are good things happening in those, in those spheres. The transformation that's happening, the awakening that's happening is happening everywhere. And yet it's so important to acknowledge that the media as it stands now operates and in order to make money, that profit, like so many things with our media, is the bottom line. And if they can create a headline that freaks people out, which they will do every day based on the numbers that they present, that's what they will do. And so 
there are energies that feed on our fear. And what's essential is to recognize that there is a fear, there are aspects of the fear that we need to really have become our teachers and support us in dropping in and really looking deeply from the soul perspective at what's needing to shift and change within us. And then there is also the fear that's being used to kind of jerk us around and actually keep us distracted from what's important. And it's funny, I was just talking to my, my love about this the other day, and it was just like a ping pong game. <laughs> it's like, if you're really following what's happening, and of course you have to follow some of what's happening, but if you're letting yourself get too emotionally engaged and really dropping in too deep, you can just feel like you're being watching a ping pong game. Was it here? Is it there? You know, and so how is it that we use our spiritual practices to ground ourselves? And also, how, what is it that we're actually needing to drop into in terms of the, the fear energy that can help us act in healthy ways? So if you think again about those moments over the last month where you had a real coming home, like a reckoning, a moment of reckoning where you felt in your body, wow, like this needs to change. There are these patterns in my life and I don't have any idea how I'm going to extract myself from them. I have no idea how I will survive emotionally or um, physically if I don't continue in this pattern, but something in my soul says this has to stop. This has to change. So just take a moment to feel into that because I know we've all had those experiences and, and maybe that it's not fully awake or alive for you yet, but if you can drop into that just to consider that then what happens is that we get a little comfortable or we begin to say, well, but I, you know, I did get that check or I did this one thing happen that kind of made me think that everything's going to be okay. And, and that's, it's good to not be coming from a place of survival. However, the part of us that wants go, to go back to the comfort of how things were, even though there's healthy self-soothing and parts of that, there's also a deeper recognition that this is the time for us to be taking steps in a regular way toward creating a different kind of future in our own personal lives as well as the collective. And even as I say that, I'm so aware that there is a kind of a spiritual awakening, there is a spiritual evolutionary progression that's happening for many of us, that is needing to happen for many of us, where we learn to drop into trust, we learn to recognize, um, we learn to recognize that there's a tremendous amount that is outside of our control, and so we learn to take moment by moment and drop into further trust and do the very best we can. Um, and then there are also some places where my sense is it's so essential to, to take steps to actively consider what if or how might I shift from this way of being to another way of being? What are those core kind of addictions I have in my life that I need to shift from one thing to another? So again, to return to the astrology, um, one of the big factors in the course of this year is Mars. And Mars has already activated Saturn, Pluto, the big stellium and Capricorn. So it's already been a really a big player and it's already setting in motion 
a lot of the change within our hearts that's needing to happen. And so we can already tune into some of the immediate actions that we're needing to take to shift our energy. Um, as we move further through the year, Mars is going to move into Aries and it's going to be continuing in Aries through the rest of um, until December. And then it's going to be retrograde as well in that sign. So part of what we're being asked to do is really to um, navigate and to learn to come into relationship with young, you know, very masculine, young energies. I say this beyond gender. It's not about just men. Um, it's about the masculine in all of us. And it's asking the question, how do we learn to channel the part of ourselves that wants to be an active creator in the world? Because really, when it boils, when it comes all down to it, each one of us, I deeply believe, I've seen again and again, each one of us incarnated here for a reason. At this time, each one of us has profound gifts and skills and abilities and offerings to make to the whole. And so the, one of the big questions right now is, how can I use this potent and powerful energy that is rising up in me that's wanting to be used, that's wanting to be channeled towards something? How can I use that energy to create something new? How can I use that energy to, to bring something into the world that wasn't there before? And you might find that it happens very rapidly. So that energy, what I'm going to propose to you is that that energy, if you do not use it constructively, what's going to happen and what has been happening for many of us is it gets turned inward. And that's where it really feeds that fear and that frustration that lives inside of us. And so there needs to be a shifting from the energy kind of getting stuck inside of our energy systems and instead a, a movement outward a movement into creation. And that's going to look different for each one of us. So for some of us, it might mean really getting strong, you know, really getting into a strong practice of, you know, cardio workouts. And this is something that I know I'm needing to focus on. Something that gets our hearts beating, that gets us breathing heavy, that gets us really engaged with the physical aspect of life. Those of us who tend to be more sky people, who tend to be in our bodies, on the computers, working with metaphysical concepts, many of us are needing to balance by getting into our bodies, into our breath, into our hearts, into this strengthening mode. Um, of course, we're also needing to boost our immune systems in many other areas, but this is something that we're being really called to do. We want to feel strong on the inside. And that comes from the, the more feminine practices of surrender and receivership and nourishment. So those things are absolutely essential. Trust and flow, moving forward and trust and flow. And yet it also has to do with activating that yang principle of asking. And when we wake in the morning, you know, how is it today? What is it today that's going to take to empower me to fully show up in the world? What is it going to take today to empower me to be fully present in this moment and move forward? and take action inspired by my spirit and soul. And to also ask questions, what excites me? This is really important right now. What excites me, what inspires me? And some days it's gonna be harder to find that, but to keep like searching for that, keep taking little active steps toward that. Maybe it's playing my guitar today. Maybe it's, you know, for me, it was creating this summit. Um, it was so exciting because I forgot that part of myself that knew how to gather people together and especially these amazing women 
And I wanted a big challenge. I wanted something, and this is different for all of us. And it wasn't perfect by any means. There were glitches. Um, and yet I think when we're doing the thing that makes us come alive, it, it doesn't need to be perfect. It's the thing that our soul most wants to do. So ask, what is that thing? And that is going to support you in this time. My sense is that when we are moving towards what excites us, what brings us alive, that is the most potent and powerful place that we can come from in order to really ride the wave of this time. And um, so again, I, so I want to speak then now to two of the kinds of Two of the areas where I think we can focus a lot of our attention as well in this coming year that can serve us greatly. So the first is, um, well, first of all, I want to say the undercurrent, the undercurrent of this Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter, and Capricorn is clearly, and without a doubt, there is a sobriety. There is a reckoning. There is a collective descent occurring that we're needing to honor and acknowledge. And that means um, and that's that's also Eris squaring Pluto. So we need to be real about that. You know, as our basis, it's to really strengthen ourselves from the insides out, inside out, and to, yes, take some of our time to acknowledge and investigate and look at what is in shadow and what is deeply, deeply broken in the world around us, and not to try to bypass and not look at that or what's happening inside of us that feels hard. So there is a so a sobriety and a reckoning energy that we're needing to acknowledge and wrestle with. And part of that is teasing out the places where, what I would say is when we're dealing with Capricorn, it's teasing out the places where the inner predator in our mind or our any vibration around being a servant to or oppressed by the larger culture, we're needing to face that and dismantle that internally as much as we are needing collectively to dismantle the patterns of power over in the culture around us. So we need to do that. So with to, the guilt, shame, toxic um, self-oppression are needing to be dealt with. And so we're needing to, to let go of and clear those energies, meet them, have compassion for them, and let them fall away, even as we also are acknowledging the need that we have for practices every day that root us in deep sources of, of personal collective strength. So that's the undercurrent. You know, this is real. This is very real. What we're needing is to deeply ground in the body in the present moment and acknowledge the soul. We're, we're needing to drop into the soul. From there, once we're anchoring deeply into where we are, into the sources of strength we're needing to connect to, there are two other energies that are at play that we can really can really support us in, in, in attracting our attention and our focus and our energy in positive ways. The first one is Gemini. We are now shifting from um, the nodes in Cancer, uh, North Node in Cancer, South Node in Capricorn. We're shifting from there to North Node in Gemini and South Node in Capricorn. And so with that shift, we're crossing a big threshold where the nodes are actually right there at galactic center and they will be, and they have, they have been now for a little while and they will be still within six degrees of the center of the galaxy. So the nodal shift into Gemini beginning in early May is something where we are 
so North Node in Gemini and then also a new Venus cycle in Gemini means that it is benefiting us. North Node in Gemini is like true north. This is a, a direction we can collectively go that's going to support us in navigating these troubled waters. A new Venus cycle in Gemini has to do with the feminine uh, principle, or you could say the goddess that we can each activate inside of ourselves to um, be on the leading guiding edge of evolution of culture over the next year and a half. And so with these two energies of North Node and Venus and Gemini, one of it is for us to tune into the Gemini medicine and really activate it at this time. So what I mean by that is, yes, get grounded, get real, get embodied, call your soul back, be where you are, strengthen yourself in physical 3D ways, resources, body, heart, mind, spirit, get grounded, get real. And from that place of strength, the next level is to allow ourselves and to create for ourselves the context where we can get imaginative, where we can be playful, where we can co-create with others who are really on our same wavelength in terms of what we want to create together. Uh, Gemini is a networker. So it might be that you're creating fertile networks in some way in your connecting different parts of your world. So people come together to create powerful synergies. Um, it might be that you're even networking. One of the things that can be happening right now is connecting people across your bioregion, your watershed, your larger food system, in order to create the support networks physically in place that are needed. Um, also, there can be, for many of us, the need and desire to raise our voices and raise and make more visible the voices of those who actually for many years have been creating the kinds of solutions, creating the kind of culture They've been quietly demonstrating how we restore our soils, how we reconnect in neighborhood and community. Um, there are so many individuals out there already, how we reconnect to the intelligence of the trees, of the plants, how we heal our watersheds, how we create food forests, how we um, can relocalize in really magical, powerful ways. So it's also with Gemini for us to make more visible and connect the voices of those who are out there in the world creating these new forms, also new forms of economy, and so that we make more visible in the larger, broader imagination what the alternatives are, what the innovative alternatives are to where we find ourselves now. Other elements of Gemini have to do with simply connecting into our own playful spirits, the inner child within. And the Cancer um, North Node, with, with the North Node in Cancer over the last um, two years, we've already been gathering the tools for how we can parent ourselves, how we can nurture our inner child. There are so many resources out there to support us in that, and it's really important work. It's for us to continue to do that work. And so now that our inner child, you know, and once we've done some work around that so that our inner child is awake and alive, that's the really imaginative, creative, playful aspect of ourselves. It's the instinctual aspect. Then it's for us to begin to really, um, it's for us to begin to really learn to, um, tap into that and bring that into the world at large. And I just thought it's interesting. You're the first person, Chad, to actually 
chat, put something in the chat, would love to hear who is on this Zoom. And the reality is this is a webinar. And so the way that this is happening right now is that it's not the collective meeting where you can see everyone and the purpose for that, and I will do more of those later. Um, but the purpose for that is to have a larger, the larger podcast, which is just about this astrological um, transit. But anybody who wants to type into the chat and wants to say where they're from, where they are, that would be great. I'm really kind of, um, so that would be awesome. So Kate is coming from Tennessee. Um, that's awesome. So I just wanted to wrap up though, and then would be wonderful to hear from any of you in the chat. Um, and I might stop the recording at that point so we can have a little bit more of at least a chat conversation. And trust me, I will be doing more live feeds because those are fun, but this is a time where I really wanted to dedicate to the astrology and just kind of introducing this. So there will absolutely be a replay. This is a podcast, this is the first podcast, so you can listen to it on audio form. Um, but really quickly, I also wanted to say, so Gemini is the big energy, and I wanna to speak to it a little bit more because what the also Gemini is about as we tune into that is it's about helping us to tell a new story about who we are and also unravel and and disengage with the old narrative the old story of of who they've said that we are who we've been told who we've been programmed to be so um so I will share so much more about all of this in future astrological um, updates. And the benefit of the future ones is that I'll have, you know, I'll be able to um, go more into depth with some of these other little layers. And I think that my, probably my weekly astrology updates will be much shorter, but here it is. I'm trying to, to really bite off a little bit more of the big picture. So the first thing is Gemini, and the second piece is, again, Uranus and Taurus. I want to speak to that because that's what's activated right now. And from my perspective, what's happening here is um, that, and I'm going to answer questions in just a second, um, what's happening right now and right here is that we are really beginning to see, feel, and know that our economic systems um, among other things, are profoundly failing us. And my partner is um, really has been an incredible force in my life in helping me to continue to look back at that as the basis for so much that needs to shift and change. And I will say that um, Martin Luther King, before he died, this was the next um, octave of his work, was that he wanted to unite people across all races, across all genders, across all economic classes, to truly transform our economic systems. Because as we're seeing right now, to live in a culture that values profit over human life, that values profit over the lungs of our earth, is simply unbearable. It's come to a level where we simply cannot allow it to continue in this way. And that lives in our psyches, um, that perspective, that way of looking at things, of seeing profit as more important than our own bodies, than our own lives, than our own communities. And it's time to really disentangle from that and break the spell of that and recognize that we live in a time where there is enough for everyone. And we live in a time with so much brilliance being unleashed that if we bring a consciousness of Gaia and of the earth back into the conversation, then we will and if we really bring a remembrance that each one of us are interconnected and no human being 
Um, every human being is sacred, that we are not commodities, then what we can do from that place is we can begin to truly create something different, something new. So that's really a big part of the conversation and what we're needing to create um, over the course of this, this next, um, these next really 10 years. So again, to really be looking at and questioning everything about the way we see money, economy, profit, and also equally to be looking at some of the new trends and making those more vivid, vivid in your imagination. The idea of a universal basic income is beginning to really pick up steam. There are other countries that are adopting it. The Pope recently talked about it. Um, and that is just, you know, whether that's something that the state is giving people money or however that works, um, it's just to see that in our consciousness that we, each human being is sacred and each human being has a right to exist, to, to thrive, um, to have their basic needs met to really begin to play with that idea in your mind. And I would invite you to see where, as soon as when you start tuning into that, where does the resistance arise within you? Is there a place where the resistance arises within you? And also, how does that actually look if you knew that everyone would have what they needed? If everyone would have what they needed and the earth could be healthy and vibrant and alive, how would that shift your internal atmosphere because my sense is if we shift from scarcity to abundance and we know we each have what we need and we can trust that there won't be so much grasping so that is one of the layers as well and to really look at what is what do gifting economies look like what did original sacred economies look like for indigenous peoples i would say to ask the question what does a, a new entrepreneurial ecosystem look like that honors humans that honors the earth that honors communities is that even possible what is it that we come to that's, is there something that's like a, a hybrid of socialism, capitalism? Is it something completely off the radar of that? So to begin asking and seeding in our minds, where is this shift already happening and how can I further and strengthen that? And I'll just complete by just saying before I take some of these questions and just give gratitude to the wonderful messages coming through that, um, my sense is that we as a species are awakening rapidly. We don't, we don't all need to be in the same place right now, but so many of us are shifting into a new awareness of, of what's possible. And so many of us do not want to return to an old way of being. And so it really is for us now to recognize that we have a place in this unfolding story and um, I'm so excited to see in all of you and hear all of you. And I'm just going to complete with that. And I know I said I would offer a guided meditation, though. So I'm going to do that really quickly now, too. So if and then I will take the, the questions in, in the chat. So if, if we could all just take a moment, it's going to be very simple. Take a moment to um, I will say first. This is a little ring that my niece Zora, who I can't see right now, and I know we all have people we love we can't see. It's a little ring she made for me. That's why I'm carrying it, and that's why I'm holding it. Okay, so anyway, so let's go ahead and put our hands on our hearts and close our eyes and take some deep breaths, knowing we're all together. Everyone now who is listening, there's 75 of us strong right now, and all those who are listening to the podcast later. 
recognizing with our breath, softening our bellies, recognizing as we tune into the breath, into our bodies, into the present moment, recognizing that we are deeply rooted to the earth, just extending our grounding cords down deep from the soles of our feet, from our root, allowing our, our cords to extend deep down through the layers of the earth, feeling them unfurl. And when we feel those tendrils, those roots, connect to the heart of Mother Earth, we feel her pulse, we feel the pulse of her heartbeat, we feel it like a jolt traveling up those cords, connecting to our own bodies, infusing us with that rhythm, that pulse, that heartbeat of the mother. Recognizing that in this moment, we are tuning into the vibration of Mother Earth as alive, healthy, radiant, well, knowing that there is a place where she is exactly these things. And as we feel that wave, that pulse, that heartbeat in our own bodies, recognizing that we too are awake, alive, whole, radiant, well. We can always drop into the wholeness that lives inside of us and in Mother Earth. Recognizing in this moment as well, feeling that tingling sensation at the top of our heads. As we also awaken and we sense, feel, and know the celestial realms above us, the stars, the velvety black night sky, the planets, the sun, the moon, Recognizing we are sky beings as well as earth beings. Recognizing that we as those beings who stand upright are the ones who are here to marry earth and sky, to marry our minds and our hearts, to marry the masculine and feminine, to marry spirit and matter, to bring these things together to be a creative bridge, to weave back into life this, the whole, the wholeness of the all, to remember our place in the family of life. We feel, see, and know that we are receiving in every moment precisely those streams of grace, of insight, of illumination from the starry realms that are needed to support us in uplifting ourselves and connecting us with our stellar roots in the sky. We feel, sense, and know that we are always connected deeply to the earth and also to the ancestral wisdom, both of our blood and spiritual ancestors, as well as to those benevolent and loving indigenous ancestors who stay close on the land. And as we open now, we know that the place where it is that we find our deepest strength is by being plugged in and connected to earth and sky and centered deeply in our hearts. We find our deepest strength when we come into an inclusivity, knowing and claiming our place in the whole family of life, knowing that as every original being, every earth, earth culture has always said, their name for themselves have always been, when you translate them, we are the people. That is what our name means. And so you yourself are a sacred human. You are the people, your tribe are the people where this change happens. And whatever land we stand on, every original human race has said, every tribe has said, every nation has said that we are, our earth is the heart of the, of the earth, our home, is the center of everything. So let's connect to the land where we live and know that it is the center in this moment of everything. We are the center. Our bodies, our temples, the earth where we live, we are centered and grounded. We sense, feel, and know now as well the arrival, the presence, the love, 
of the spirits of the land, the love, the presence of any other guardians, guides, allies who have gathered, who have always supported us and always will. And we also give gratitude now in this moment for each other. We give gratitude in this moment now for the presence of every other soul in this circle, now and listening later, knowing that it's time for us to remember what it means to live in community, what it means to honor the balance between our sovereignty and fully claiming and unleashing and awakening into our fullest potential, while then turning to one another and asking, how can we play together? How can we create together? How can we create this new world together? And maybe imagine now as you open your inner eye, you can see that you're in a beautiful circle. Maybe there's a fire in the middle between us. And as you look around the circle, notice the faces, maybe people you know and love, maybe people you've never met yet. See who's in the circle with you. Know that you are so far from being alone. And now you can extend your hands and imagine that you are taking the hands of the person next to you, both people next to you. And feel how we're all holding hands in the circle. And now feel this flame ignite from the center of your heart, this beautiful light. It's gonna be a different color for each one of us. What is the color of this light of your heart awakening? essence of you awakening this beautiful light that there's only one of in this world now and has ever been only one your beautiful heart the center of what makes you a sacred human being in the way that no one else has been feel that gorgeous light emerge that little flame feel the color see the color of that light now let it expand through all of your body through every cell of your body let that light ignite let it awaken every cell of your, every DNA, every cell in your body. Let it light up every DNA so that you are fully, your entire body and your energy body that is a, a, a film around your physical body. Let it all come alive with that color, that vibration. And as you feel that light come on and fill you, every cell, feel how that light now is streaming through your hands, and into the hands of the people next to you. As you offer the gift and the medicine of who you are and your essence and your heart light. And feel the energy and the light of each of these individuals also streaming into you. Feel the way those colors play. Feel the way those colors connect and create something beautiful, a rainbow of colors inside of you. Just take a moment to feel the sensation of gratitude, of joy, of aliveness, of co-creative play rise up in you. And take another breath. Acknowledging and honoring the power of the circle that we find ourselves in and the many circles of which we are a part. Now bringing our hands down, resting them, opening our eyes, giving gratitude for the present moment, giving gratitude for this time together. And I am gonna go ahead and I'm going to turn off the record. Well, actually I'm not going to. So each of you knows that I'm creating this as I go and this is how many of us are doing things now.
Adrian is raising her hand. Okay, so I'm going to go back. Actually, I'm going to keep this in the podcast. It's just going to be a little bit over time. Um, all right, so I'm going to back up through these different. Adrian, I'm going to be with you in just a second. All right, so who is in this Zoom? I'm so glad that you asked that, Chad. Um, Lori in Florida. Tammy, or um, Faye is here. Let's see. Okay, Chad. Kate, awesome. Tracy, awesome. Um, Val, Karina, Lori, Faye, awesome. Lori, Anna, <laughs> Anna's awesome. Yay. Mara, Mary Byron, Ohio, L from Ohio, Shang from Seattle. Yes, there's a replay. M from Sacramento. Candy Williams from Tennessee, Sharon from Ontario, Becky Dom from St. Louis, yay. Um, I think Rebecca from Santa Monica, Monica from North Texas, Katharina from Austria, Jill from Columbia, Missouri, um, PA, I'm not sure, from Argentina, and Jessica from Martha's Vineyard, awesome, and Chad is she, her from rural central Virginia. Thank you for that, that articulation too, Chad. And Leanne, yay. And green greetings from Suzanne in Denver. And Bianca from Wichita, Kansas. Awesome, thank you so much. And I think, you know, Ching is asking, do you feel the current Gemini energy stronger if you are a Gemini also? And I think, absolutely. I think anybody who's got a lot of Gemini in their chart right now, we're on the front lines. I will also add to that that it's important to acknowledge in the beginning part of the Venus and Gemini cycle that this is the morning star phase. Venus is going to rise as morning star June 9th. Around that time, maybe visible for most of us about a week or so after. And from that time until um, really, oh gosh, it's like early in 2021, we're really in a phase of encountering what needs to be released so we can fully step into healthy Gemini. And so part of what's going to happen for a lot of us too is that if there are any aspects of the Gemini medicine that we carry that is holding us back, that's kind of old, that's not, that's shadow Gemini, that is something that we're going to actually be required to drop. And when I speak of that, I might, we can talk about monkey mind, we can talk about the ways that we are maybe a little too oriented in the mind, we're needing to drop more into the heart and experience the heart of Gemini, rather than the more um, distorted, disconnected Gemini, the, the kind of spiritual bypass Gemini, the version that really doesn't want to deal with reality Gemini. Um, that's just being honest. You know, that's also part of it, is to acknowledge that. And yet at the same time, with the North Node in Gemini, we are being given a lot of support to activate within us the full multi-dimensional aspect of Gemini. So anybody who's got Gemini, yes, but everyone, each one of us are, are affected by these, um, these shifts. Okay, so, and then M, thank you so much. Faye, awesome. Martha in Toronto, yay, Martha's here. And Chad says MLK lives. And so any other questions? I'm gonna get Adrian, I'm gonna have to figure out, okay, Cortez Island, North Carolina, Jess, Anna Maria, there's so many, okay, and Tali and Ariba and Genevieve, awesome. 
great. Rebecca, Tennessee, Claudette from North Texas, yay. Constance from San Marcos, Texas. Blessings to the group. Um, in some of these, it's hard for me to see the actual name. Venus is very visible right now, it's true. Venus in the evening sky is definitely something to tune into, as well as the meteor showers last night and also tomorrow morning. It's gonna be beautiful, so awesome. Okay, I'm gonna just ask then, are there a couple of other questions? Do you have recommendations for how to access where our focus needs to be on a personal level? Absolutely. Um, th these are three questions, um, and that's Chad. I would say, again, it's for each of us to be, and then I've got to get, Adrian. I will get to you in just a second. I know, please don't leave. Um, so I would say the first thing is we need to strengthen our immune systems on every level. That means, again, taking care of our physical strength. That means um, being aware of what we're putting into our bodies. And I say that recognizing that for a lot of us, it's very natural that we have been so kind of taken off guard by what's happening now that we're probably leaning into some of our self-soothing habits. And yet, when we bring self-compassion to that, and then we also really um, strengthen ourselves in every way we can, surrounding ourselves with love, we need to, to take care of our physical bodies. We need to uh, continue the practices of self-nurturing. We also need to titrate how much um, we take in of the news and other people's opinions and just searching for information in kind of a mindless way because that's going to take us off center. Um, and, you know, so, and I think also it really is a time for us to ask the question, what, what am I really avoiding? And this might show up in conversations you have with people or people who annoy you or even people you love where you want to resist everything that they're saying and you don't, you tend to be reactive. See the places where you're reactive and, and go more deeply into those areas. Really investigate and feel what it is that comes up when you do that. Absolutely. Mary is saying a time to pray. I so agree with you. I think with Gemini, it's also becoming prayer makers, speaking words, sweet words to each other and learning how to sing songs. I have, my partner is wanting to create a mantra group where we, you know, we create mantras, we create chants rather for each other and chanting and singing and prayers, using our voices to connect to the divine and to connect with each other is big. So those are some things I would say, strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself at every level, pace yourself. Don't try to do everything at once. We're in this for the long haul. So, you know, and again, I agree with you about prayer and there's a lot we have to surrender to. It's just like that 12 step, you know, idea about, um, Lord, help me. It's the serenity prayer. What do I have control over? I might have control over my body to some degree, over my mind to focus on that. Um, so I hope that that helps. And, and I think to create, I think a lot of our distress has to do with suppressing ourselves not shining our lights, not sharing our gifts. So asking what inspires me, what's exciting to me, what's a little bit scary to me, but I'm gonna rise above that. That's really important for helpfulness. Create, create, create. Um, what degree is the galactic center in at Capricorn? It's about 27 degrees. And so if you're about six degrees on either side of that, then that could be considered active according to different systems. Um, what if you only have Chiron in the North Node in Gemini? Are you still in the front line? Um, I think if you're, you have North Node in Gemini, you're going to be in a nodal return. 
among other things. So yes, you're definitely on the front line. And Chiron in Gemini, yeah, and that's, that's an interesting thing. You are definitely gonna have um, the North Node activating your Chiron, and I would say, yes, you're gonna be doing some deep healing and you'll have a lot to contribute to the whole as this North Node on Chiron is activating. It's gonna, it's gonna be something that helps you to share your gifts in the world in a way where you're first gonna have to really face your deepest vulnerabilities and see those as connecting to your deeper um, contribution. Galactic Center at 27, did I say Capricorn? Good Lord. Yeah, it's 27, about 27 degrees Sagittarius. So, you know, so that would mean that it's about three, even up to three degrees Capricorn, as well as um, 20, 25 degrees uh, Sagittarius within that range. If you find a plant, if you find something or a node or a planet that's there. So, okay. And now Adrian, I want to connect with you and I've got to still figure out how to do the I'm not used to using this format, so forgive me. I am trying to figure out how to even. Adrian, could you actually do put something in the Q and A? Is that possible, or did you want to become a panelist? Adrian, if you could go ahead and send put a little chat in, that would be awesome, and let me know what you would like to do. All right, so I'm not seeing Adrian anymore. Uh, I do have Erebon, and then I'm gonna close. Do you have suggestions for releasing blocks in the throat chakra due to past life persecution? Well, let me just say, I think that's up for a lot of people right now, and I think we're going to be seeing more of that in the Gemini cycle, because of course, Gemini has to do with the throat chakra. So what I would say is that you're gonna be receiving a lot of report for that, support for that. But part of what I think is essential is actually to, in safe and protected environments, to begin to speak, even when you're afraid to, um, you know, that can be everything from joining any kind of groups like what I'll be creating here, which are more intimate circles of connection and sharing. Um, it can be creating little videos that you share in little groups that feel comfortable for you. It's just doing it doing it in safe context, stretching beyond your fear, not in a place where you're gonna feel unsafe or people won't understand what you're saying, but again, make a video where you can share what is in your heart or reach, you know, it's, there are a lot of things, but I think it's practice and doing things that are, that are scary, showing up anyway and doing it in a place that is emotionally safe, but might be a little bit risky because you're not used to doing it. That's one thing I would say. Okay, I am absolutely available for readings. Um, I. I'm doing a little bit less these days, but I, I do, I am doing reading still. So I would, I really love, this feels like an important time to be continuing to do that. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and close and just give gratitude to every one of you. And I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day. And thank you for helping me inaugurate my first podcast. Be well.